Welcome to Reliance's Sunday Sermon. Worship with us at 8, 9.30, or 11 o'clock a.m. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. Today, I want to talk specifically um, in the next like 25 minutes or so uh, just about this word fasting a little bit more. So last Sunday, we talked about um, fasting and, and why we're fasting and why we're taking on this challenge of fasting. Um, I don't know if you have embarked on this 40-day challenge with us. If you have, God bless you. Thank you for that. If not, it's okay. Um, just keep learning about fasting because it's a beautiful thing um, that the Lord has called us to. But it's this global fast. They're calling it the Jesus Fast. And they're just calling people to fast for 40 days. Two specific things. The first thing is to fast from something. Um, one of the main things is if you wanted to do the Daniel fast, and um, then you can do that. The other tenet is that every day you take communion. And so it's breaking the body of Christ and pouring out the blood of Christ and declaring the body and the blood of Christ was poured out and broken for all the nations. Amen. And so it's a beautiful thing that God is doing in that. And so I don't know if you've taken on the challenge of fasting, but I'm just going to be honest. Fasting is hard. Amen. So the Daniel fast is no sweets and no meats, and that's what I'm doing. And I'm just telling you, sweets and meats are the top of my food pyramid. And so every time, I've just realized in my heart that I've got so many um, places that I run to to satisfy me. And so now as I open the refrigerator and I see that my wife made meatballs and she made chicken and, you know, she did all of these things for the kids. Like every time I look at it and I'm ready to reach for it, the Lord just reminds me, you can't have that. (laughs) You can't have that. I'm better than that. And it's just this beautiful picture um, of where he's getting my heart recentered to a place of going, Lord, there are so many things in my life that I run to to satisfy me, but you're trying to teach me that you only satisfy. And so we really focused last week that we fast so that it increases our hunger for the Lord. The desire of fasting is yes for spiritual breakthrough. You'll see it in scripture. They would fast for breakthrough. Daniel fasted. He was looking for breakthrough. So absolutely we fast for breakthrough. But this is a little bit different. The 40-day fast that we're calling you to and that they're calling us to do is not so much just to fast for breakthrough, but to fast that we may be in his presence to just simply hunger for him. And there's a bit of a difference there. It's not, God, we're fasting so that you'll do something. It's fasting so that we can simply be with you. It's a hungering for Jesus that every heart would know that he is better than dot, 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 whatever it is that they've put in front of him. And so we talk to what it looks like just to, to fast, to be passionate, to hunger for him. And then today, we're going to talk about fasting that inclines your ear to hear his voice. We're fasting to hear him. Fasting to know him and fasting to hear him. How many of you guys know that one word of the Lord can change every situation in your life? Just just one word of the Lord can change every situation in your life. Um, A few weeks ago, I, I remember sitting around a table with some pastors, and Louis Engel came into town, and I'll never forget, we were having these conversations about the Lord. We were the only ones in the restaurant. I think I shared this with you. But I'll never forget, like, we were having these conversations, and this young woman who was waiting on us uh, at the table, all, all she knew was this. 
she knew that there was a bunch of crazy guys at this table that were talking about Jesus, and she came over at the very end with tears in her eyes, and she said those words that still wreck me to this day. She says, I don't know like what you're talking about, but whatever it is, I can feel something different in my heart today because of it. And she just tears in her eyes, and she says, and my day has been made completely better. And that one touch of the Lord, that wasn't because of just six people sitting around a table. It was because the Lord sought her out. That one encounter of the Lord in her heart changed her life. From that moment, we were able to speak some life into her. And then one of the guys was able to share with her the love of Christ. And it changed her forever. It's just one encounter with the Lord changes everything. As I've been fasting and praying for the next generation, I had such an encounter on Friday morning. I was meeting with some guys at 6.30 at uh, Jimmy's Egg. We were going to breakfast there. I never go to Jimmy's Egg, especially when I'm fasting because I can't have bacon, right? And uh, so I show up at Jimmy's Egg already begrudgingly going because I didn't want to go. And, uh, but I want to meet with these guys to talk about ministry, some ministry opportunities. And I noticed it had just, you know, it was freezing cold on Friday morning. It was whatever, 20 degrees, 15 degrees on Friday morning at that time. Snow was on the ground. And I noticed as I pulled into the parking lot, there was a young man. And he was sitting on a bench out in front of Jimmy's Egg. And he had no shoes on, just socks on. And he had just a hoodie on. And I thought, I don't know if he came from inside. And so I sat in my truck for a minute because I was waiting on the guys. And, and then I just felt the Lord just kind of incline my heart like something's wrong in this situation. And so I got out and I began to walk by him for a moment, not knowing if maybe he was from inside and just taking a break and, and resting from his shift or whatever it may have been. And I started to listen to him, just kind of talk to himself for a moment. And as he was talking to himself for a moment, he just looked like he was in distress. And so as I grabbed for the door, I stopped and I said, hey man, is everything okay? And he said, no, everything is not okay. And all of a sudden he began to pour out his heart. He had just been beat up by some friends and thrown outside. He had no shoes. He had nothing in his life. And he began to kind of lay out his story in that moment for me. And so I said, let's go inside. Let's warm up. He said, well, they kicked me out of the restaurant. And I said, they didn't kick you out today. All right. And so we went inside and I said, this man's with me. He's going to eat with me. And so he, he sat at our table and he ate with us and we were able to get him some clothes and able to help him out. And the whole, he's 20 years old and it's just a bad situation. But here's the thing that I was so profoundly intrigued by. As I was sitting there, I said, why did you go over to Jimmy's Egg? And he says, well, I was across the street and I just really felt like if I went over there that somebody was going to help me. And so he says, as I sat there, he said, customers went in and nobody would say anything to me. And he said, as customers would go in and say nothing to me, he said, even the people in Jimmy's Egg came out and said, you're going to have to leave. You're harassing the customers. And he said, but then I knew that there was going to be one person that showed up. And it just happened to be three of us. There was three people who showed up. And he says, I knew in that moment that somebody was going to show up and they were going to help me out because I just felt like the Lord told me that. And I just think one thing from Jesus can change everything. Amen, church? And so when we fast, what we're fasting for is to hear from the Lord because when we hear his voice, he changes everything. Whether it be a young man named Simon at 20 years old who's broken or whether it be a waitress in a restaurant who just simply didn't know the love of Christ and she meets the love of Christ, one word from the Lord changes everything. And it all starts with 
relationship. And when we fast, it's we're fasting because we're in relationship with Jesus. Hearing from the Lord is about relationship. We were made for relationship. And in a relationship, there's communication, whether it's verbal or nonverbal. We were made for communication and relationship. And I think there's so many believers who go through their life, their whole life, not realizing the nearness of God is so that you would be in relationship with him. We were made for relationship. I think about the movie Castaway. How many guys have ever watched Castaway with Tom Hanks? What a great example. He's on an island by himself. He has to find a ball to talk to, right? Why? Why did he have to find a, a volleyball to talk to? Because he was made for relationship. So he basically makes a face called Wilson, right, that he could talk to because he was made for relationship. This is the language of Scripture. The language of Scripture is that of a father to his kids, a husband to his bride. The language of Scripture is that God wants to speak to you because he loves you and he desires to speak his life over you. And so making space for God to speak should be one of the strongest desires in our life. Making space for God to speak should be the thing that we pursue, maybe more than anything else. I'm going to tell you right now that Jesus says it over 15 times in the Gospels. He who has ears, let him hear. Things, Bob Sorge says this in his Secrets of the Secret Place, things don't change so much when I talk to God, but everything changes when he talks to me. And his point is, we present our request to him, and prayer is beautiful, but if prayer was just a one-way street, we would miss out on God's heart. Everything changes when he talks back to us. Your life will be transformed as consistent conversation begins to develop with your Father in heaven. Scripture says in John 8, 47, whoever is of God hears, everybody say hears, hears the words of God. Jeremiah 33, 3 says, call to me, I will answer you, and I will tell you. Somebody say, I will tell you. Great and hidden things that you have not known. Isaiah 55, 3 says, incline your ear and come to me. Hear, everybody say hear, that your soul may live. Psalm 32, 8 says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way that you should go, and I will counsel you with my eye upon you. All of this is language that the Lord has a desire for you to hear something from him, for your heart and your soul and your mind to know that he is speaking to you. So your relationship is the context of hearing and obeying the voice of God in your life. Hearing the right message at the right moment in time can change the right momentum in your life. In this moment, what you'll see in scripture is that one message of God could change everything in these men and women's lives. In, 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 in Je uh, Joshua, 
since we talked about Joshua in Joshua 1, what you'll see is that Joshua needed a message from God of encouragement. Moses has passed away. Joshua feels ill-equipped. He's seen how the people have rebelled against Moses before. He knows that it's gonna take a mighty move of God to get them where they're gonna need to get to. He knows that there are armies and militaries that are standing against them. Joshua needs equipped. He feels inadequate. He feels ill-equipped. He needs a word from the Lord, and he gets it in Joshua 1. And the Lord says, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Now imagine in that moment where you've got the pressure of the world feeling like it's on your shoulder and the Lord speaks to your heart. I will never leave you nor forsake you. And then he tells him those famous words, be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land that I swore to their forefathers to give them. Be strong and courageous. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. In that moment, what Joshua needed was a word of encouragement. He needed to hear the voice of the Lord to tell him, Joshua, if you thought I did great things with Moses, wait to see what I do with you. In that moment, Joshua needed to be encouraged because the courage may have been waning. And the definition of encourage, what it actually means is to put courage into someone. So the Lord spoke courage into Joshua in his heart. For some, you need a message of direction. You're going, Lord, right now what I really need is I need to hear your voice because I need a message of direction. I love John 16, 13. He says, uh, but, when he, um, but when he, the spirit of truth comes, when the Holy Spirit comes, he will guide you into all truth. Look what he says. For he will not speak on his own initiative, but whatever he hears, he will, somebody say speak. He will speak. The Holy Spirit is speaking what he hears from the Father, and he will disclose to who? Who's going to tell it to? Everybody say, to me. He will disclose to you what is to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine, and he will declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. Therefore, I said he will make what, take what is mine and he will declare it to you. And so we see this take place in a moment in Acts chapter 10 where Peter is, is, is in this upper room kind of moment and he's kind of up here and he's been praying to the Lord. The Lord's been revealing some things to him. The Lord's showing Peter that, that, that the Gentiles are gonna receive this message of Jesus. And in Acts chapter 10 verse 19, the Lord speaks to Peter and he says, Simon Peter, Three men are looking for you. Look how specific the voice of the Lord is. Simon Peter, three men are looking for you. So get up and go downstairs. Do not hesitate to go with them, for I have sent them. So here's Peter. He's getting this vision from the Lord, but he needs direction. So he's listening, and he's inclining his ears. And I believe that when Peter was upstairs, he was on his face, and he had been fasting and praying for the Lord. And the Lord comes and the Lord reveals a word to Peter. Peter, Simon Peter, three men are coming to find you. Don't freak out. I've not only sent them to you, but they're going to take you to where you need to go. How many of you wish that God would speak to you in those kinds of directions? Amen. He is. He is. He desires it. He wants it. 
in your life. For some, it's encouragement. For some, it's direction. For some, it's correction. Do I hear an amen? For some, we need a word of correction. Revelation 3.19 says, those whom I love, I rebuke. Sometimes the best thing that we can get from the Lord is a rebuke, amen? Don't do that. Don't touch that. Don't go there. Don't follow that. Stop pursuing that. Those whom I love, I rebuke and discipline, so be earnest, he says, and repent. Whether it's a word of encouragement or a word of direction or a word of correction, he desires to speak to you and me. And so let me tie fasting into this for just a moment. So we're fasting to know him, but what we're doing is we're just tuning out all the other noise to listen to his heart. Now, I've got to tell you something. Um, it was interesting as I was kind of praying and, and just what the Lord had to share today. Um, in one of the epicenter moments of fasting, we see it in Matthew chapter four. And if you remember Jesus, before he starts his ministry, goes out into the wilderness to fast for 40 days. And so the Jesus fast was no food, right, at all. Not just meats and sweets, no food. And so we get to this place in Matthew chapter four and verse two, and it says, and after fasting for 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. Praise the Lord that he was hungry, Amen. Like, thank you, Lord, that you were honest. He was hungry. But look what it says. After fasting for 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. Verse 3, and the tempter came and said to him. Now, I love this scripture because, first and foremost, I love the honesty of Jesus' heart. He was hungry. It, show, it, went, you know, it showed who he was. But it was when he was hungry, the enemy showed up. Notice in the fasting, in that moment, right? We don't get to see the correspondence between him and his father. We don't get to see where Jesus is going, oh, this is amazing, this is, I'm getting downloaded from heaven. We don't get to read all about that. All we know is that he went and fasted in obedience for 40 days and 40 nights. And the first voice that we see that shows up on the scene is the voice of the enemy. Why would the enemy waste his time coming to Jesus in a moment where he's hungry unless he knows that when we fast, the Lord is going to have breakthrough in our life? Why would the enemy waste his time coming to the Son of Man when he had just got done fasting unless the enemy knows one of the greatest tools in our tool belt is when we fast, God can break through the hunger and speak to our hearts. So all of a sudden, the enemy shows up and the enemy's voice comes in to tempt him. And by looking at Jesus' life, what we see is that the enemy knows that Jesus is in this strategic moment because he's fasted and been praying for 40 days and 40 nights. And so when he comes, he tries to derail the Son of Man, and you, you read about it. Do this, turn bread, uh, turn these stones into bread, jump off of here, see if angels help you. bow down and worship me, I'll give you everything. You know the deal. In Matthew 4, he tempts him with all these things, but because Jesus had been fasting and praying for 40 days and 40 nights, he only needed to say these words, it is written. Let me tell you why that to me was profound as I was reading that. Jesus is basically saying, I hear your voice, Satan, but let me tell you what my father says. I hear your lies, and I can decipher between your lies, but let me tell you what my father says. I hear your deceit, but let me tell you the truth. And so we know in that moment when Jesus says, it is written, eventually he says, just get away from me, Satan. 
And Satan has to leave. Why? Because the voice of God is always stronger than the voice of the enemy. Fasting is tuning our hearts, tuning our heart into the heart of God, the voice of God. And when we tune our heart into the voice of God, we recall his promises in Scripture. It's in times of desperation. I don't know if you felt this before, but it's in times of desperation. It's amazing how the word of God that was planted in us throughout our life comes alive. I don't know if you've ever read in scripture and you're like, I don't know, I'm reading, but it's just not doing anything for me today. Anybody? I'm reading, but it's just not meeting where I'm at today. Like, I don't know why I'm in Leviticus right now, but I'm just trying to obey, Lord. Like, I don't know why I'm in Song of Solomon right now. I'm just trying to obey your word. And you said, all of your word is profitable. All of your word is good. So I don't know why I'm in it. And then all of a sudden you hit this place of desperation in your life. And all of a sudden, something that you read 10 years ago just comes alive inside of you. And you go, oh, it is written in Leviticus, dot, 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 right? And you're like, that's amazing. I didn't think I would ever use Leviticus to defeat the enemy, but I did. Why? Because the word of God in moments of desperation come alive inside of you. So when Jesus is fasting and he's praying, all he needed to say was, I hear your voice. Let me tell you about my father's voice. This is why we tune our hearts when we fast to hear the voice of the Lord. And it takes practice to hear his voice because the enemy wants to distract you with everything else. Amen. We've talked about this before in here, but there's really three places where you hear voices from. You hear the voice from yourself. You know, if you've ever sat in a moment of silence, you hear all of these voices in your head. Your thoughts are probably going on. What am I going to eat today? What am I going to do today? Anybody? Yeah? And it'll sound like a lot of things. Like, how do I know if it's the voice of the Lord or myself? It's going to sound like a lot of things that you already think about. If it's yourself, it's probably something that you think about a lot. Possibly. The second place that we hear from is we hear from Satan. That's what Jesus heard from. Satan always comes in. How do I know if it's Satan's voice or the Lord's voice? Satan always comes in to condemn you. He always comes in to steal from you, steal your identity, steal who you are, make you feel a little bit less significant or make you feel like you're more significant than everybody else. It's one or the other. But Satan's voice will always be there to be destructive and negative and vicious, and he wants to accuse you constantly. So that's how you discern if it's his voice. And then the third voice that we can get from is is from the Lord. So it's either my own voice in my head, it's Satan's voice in my head, or it's God's voice in my head. When God speaks, it will always align with his word, amen? Always. His kind, loving, healing, inspirational, convicting word. It will always line his word. It will never be condemning. It will never be shaming you. It will never try to make you feel like you're nothing. It will always be to pump value into you that you are sons and daughters of him. Now, it may be rebuke, and it may be convicting, but you'll know it in your heart. And so those are the places that we see when the Lord is trying to speak to our hearts, what it looks like. And so how then do we get into a rhythm of hearing from the Lord? I've shared this years ago, but it's still the same rhythm that I try to practice today, and I think it's still the same rhythm the Lord would have us practice today. The very first thing when we want to hear the Lord that we have to do is everybody say, be still. We gotta be still. Psalm 46, 10, we know it. It's famous. Be still 
and know that I am God. There are so many distractions that are vying for our life right now. And because of those distractions, it is so difficult to just sit for a moment and just be still. It's one of the most difficult, I think, spiritual disciplines in our life is just to simply be still before the Lord. And yet, Isaiah 40, 31 gives us a promise in this. Those who wait on the Lord will what? Renew their strength. Those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. Number two, after we've gotten this kind of practice of being still, then we focus and we visualize that we're talking to the Lord. I've had guys in my life um, that have said like there are times where they'll pull up a chair and they'll pull up a chair here and here and somebody's told them this before and I think it's beautiful. They'll sit here and they'll visualize that Jesus is sitting right across from them. I love it. If that's what it takes for you to visualize the Lord, then do it. But get this visualization that you're not talking to the wind, that you're not talking to no substance, that you're not talking to to, to just the air. Get this visualization that you're talking to the one who loves you with fire in his eyes. Amen? Get this visualization that you're talking to the king of kings and get him right across from you. And so as you're being still before the Lord, begin to visualize, I'm talking to a person. A person who loves me. A person who cares about me. And as you're picturing Jesus, ask him questions. Like have conversation. Be, look, be weird about it like an imaginary friend, but a real friend, right? Ask him questions. Jesus, how do you see me? Jesus, what do you think about me today? Jesus, what, 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 if you could tell me one thing about my life, what would you tell me about my life? What do you want to say to me today? Like, give time. And then like a friend, you're not going to cut him off, right? If you've got a friend in front of you, and I ask my friend in front of me, hey, what do you feel about me today? And I wait like five seconds, and I go, okay, okay, okay. So here's what I want to tell you, Right? That's a jacked up relationship. I just asked you a question. Now I'm gonna sit and I'm gonna wait because I believe with all of my heart that you wanna respond to me. And so once we focus and we visualize and we get still, then that third part that I was just saying, we're going to listen. We're gonna listen. How many guys are good at listening? (laughs) A few people in the room. Some of the spouses are going... Um, like what is, what, is, what is Jesus saying to you in those moments as you're listening to him? Listening for the voice of the Lord can be very difficult at times because we've got all these things, again, that are clouding our minds. Some people says, man, how does the Lord speak? Like, how do I know, how, how, how do I know what his voice may sound like? Can I just, I want to, share a few things of what his voice sounds like. In 2 Samuel 22, 14, it says, the Lord thundered from heaven. It sounded like thunder, but in the thunder, Samuel says, I heard him. In 1 Kings 19, 12, the famous one with Elijah, it says, there was an earthquake and there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire and the Lord was not in the earthquake. But after all of the craziness, it says, and I heard a still small voice. 
Ezekiel 43, two says, and behold, the glory of the Lord of Israel came from the way of the east and his voice was like a noise of many waters and the earth shined with his glory. It sounded like many waters just raging. And yet in that thunder, in that many waters, or that still small voice, when our hearts are tuned in and we're going, Lord, speak to me, and we're being still, and we're focusing on him, and we're listening, he's got something to say to you. In our Thursday morning time, when we were praying together on Thursday mornings um, in our prayer time, somebody started singing that, coming like a fire, coming like a flood. I don't care what it looks like. I'm so in love. It's just this idea of going, Lord, if you want to come in and rage like a fire for us to hear you or flood, whatever you want to do, we're just in love with you, want to hear from you. And one of the guys, Aaron Martin, got a word and he says, I really feel like the Lord is telling, telling our hearts to get used to my whisper because I'm about to speak like I did in the days of Elijah. I'm gonna speak to you and it may be that still small voice, but I'm gonna speak to you. Finally, we're still, we're visualizing, we're, we're listening and then um, one of the best things that I think we can do is I, I think that we can keep a journal. We, we can write things down and we can keep a journal. And so as the Lord speaks things to you, like you're just gonna keep a journal. So if you hear like his voice, like a mighty rushing river, just write that down. Like, Lord, today I heard what sounded like a mighty rushing river. And who knows as you're journaling that he may not begin to speak to you in that moment, but you're journaling just the thoughts and the ideas and you're just journaling whatever's kind of on your heart. And as you journal, what you'll be able to do is look back and be like, you know, that was, I think that was a lot of me right there. I was really self-focused right there. But when you begin to see where the Lord is speaking, it's infusing you with his joy. It's bringing up your value and your worth. It's reminding you of the peace that he gives you in your life. It's putting you on purpose for the things of him. It'll always be about him. And so as you journal, it kind of helps you to get to a place where you can th write down all of those thoughts and then begin to process through what is the Lord speaking to my heart? Yeah, today, I just, I wanted to share those things because I feel like now more than ever before, like the Lord, I believe he pours himself out to the hungry. So we've been stuck for the last four weeks talking about hungering for God thirsting for God and I believe I believe that it's less time for us to keep talking about more time to receive from him so I just want to take like oh I didn't realize what time it was I just want to take like two minutes <laughs> look I'm not time capping God he can take more if he wants I just want to take a couple of minutes and I just, just want you to listen I just want you to be still. I just want you to visualize the God of the universe sitting in front of you and asking questions. Lord, what do you think about me today? Lord, what do you want to say to me today? Ask him some questions today.
Thanks for tuning in today. To find out how to get more involved, go to reliancecommunity.org. Have a great week.